Okay, ready? <laughs> Hello. Ah! Oh my gosh. I need more of my. Stop it. G- Are you ready? Wigglies and gigglies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, huh? They're coming. <laughs> They're coming through the door. <laughs> Why? Why did you want to say that? <laughs> Why did you want to just say out of all things huh? that? Huh? Stress? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> They're coming. <laughs> oh, okay. Hi. Hi, uh, Rory. Hey, yo. Do you know what today is? No. It's the one year mark of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's the one-year mark of the show. Yeah. It's actually past the one-year mark by the time this airs. By the time this airs, it will have been a few days. Actually... A year and a week by the time this airs. Yeah. Because I started the show January 1st, 2020, like a just so excited. On a Wednesday. It was on a Wednesday. It was on a Wednesday. It was all so perfect. It was serendipitous, to say the least. And it has been 52 weeks, 52. I have not missed... A week. Maybe one of the most, I don't know, I'm pretty proud. I've never done anything like that. I'm pretty Every single proud. week. It was actually, it was fun when I like do the episodes and I'm processing it and putting it into the, into what we use to air it to everybody. Mm-hmm. You have to put like season one, episode whatever. And I just, I obviously it would equal 52, mm-hmm. but on the last one it was like, oh. <gasps> 52 weeks. 52. Woo. But I'm, duh, it equaled 52. I, I don't know. know. But it's it just still feels- was like fun. It was a good feeling. Like, oh, there it is. 52 weeks, every single one of them. We kind of like uh, bootstrap this thing, Roar. What the hell does that mean? It means you don't know what you're doing, but you just do it. You oh, just yeah. throw things. I don't know if that's what that saying means, but this is what <laughs> I feel like the show. I feel like I just figured this out. Buckshot approach. Buckshot. Okay, maybe that's the word I'm thinking of. Bootstrap. Uh, Bootstrapped. We By our bootstraps, we figured it out. <laughs> I guess it works. So uh, this is this is today's show is going to be a solo episode by me. It was kind of, I kind of just pulled it out of my ass to be a little bit honest with you. It was, do you want to know where it was inspired from? Sure. Over the holidays. There's lots of, you know, family gatherings, outings, and going about, and <laughs> families get together. Like, kids go away, they're in college, they're in their careers, then they come back home, and 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 family talks, and I just was hearing it without really hearing it. It's like this feeling of People giving people advice that's not really good for them. It's better for the person who's giving the advice. Does that make sense? How do you? I okay. Totally let's say this is a saying. hypothetical. So this didn't happen to anyone that I know. Like okay. hypothetically speaking, there okay. is a, a young lad who wants to start a business in like like Nicaragua, and his mom and dad are like. Oh, like, oh, don't do that. That's far away. I don't know. There's scary things in Nicaragua. Don't go to Nicaragua. Like, they they just vomit all oh. of these reasons why they shouldn't do the thing that they, they, they want to do because really the parents are fearful. Yes. So I don't know why, but I've been picking up on this everywhere. Hmm. On on Instagram, in the media, in, in uh, friend relationships. It's like, bad advice, man. Bad advice. And I get why people are giving the bad advice. It's because that they don't want their loved one to be far or or the risk is high. So they don't want to see like, what if their loved one fails? So they 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 want and encourage their loved one to do the safer thing, the safer thing that's closer to them. And and it just works. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know. I planned on having like a new year, like woo. I feel like that has handicapped me. Everything you just said, I feel like has handicapped me with every decision ever. Because you really know what's best for you, but you're thinking of the people around you. Yes. Which is a kind and compassionate thing. That's a lovely, it's like Christ-like, right? Like we're, (laughs) we're taught to be that. I think we should be that. Yeah. I think that we should care about how our, our actions affect others. But yeah, it's really about like, what's best for you? I'm figuring that out for the first time in my entire life. How's it been? <sighs> Pretty crazy, honestly. Super crazy. I don't even dress the same. <laughs> I don't do anything the same. But I don't know why. It's just, I don't know. People make crazy uh barriers in their own mind yeah yeah it's so bizarre so Uh, what finally helped you break free of yours why what made you make a different choice i don't know i just was like all seriously one day i was like i can just do anything if i really wanted to i don't know when people you can say that as much as you want but until you practice what you preach like so one day you just literally got up and made a different choice one day i was like I hate everything that I wear and I'm only like I'm wearing band shirts of bands I don't even listen to anymore because I I don't know. There's just there's such crazy mental barriers that I put up for myself because I think there's these rules that you have to follow that you just make up yourself. But there isn't. You're playing a persona. You're playing the person that people perceive you to be. Exactly. Yes. And I don't care for that. That person has not done anything for me. In my entire 20s. But then if you switch it up, people are like, hey, why'd you switch it up? Yeah, you, that like, was comfortable for that's me. That's stupid. Yeah. I feel like nobody likes it. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, I don't care. This is, it's not your thing. This yeah. is me. I'm me. I get to do my own thing. Well, this segues perfectly into what I think we got to break for the listeners. Do it. Um, Like Rory, I've been thinking a lot, a lot about this show, a lot about the things that I've I've learned a lot about the mistakes that I've made on this, a lot about you'll you'll hear about it in this solo episode. I kind of go into it like I think in this show, the show has mimicked my life and I've found myself somewhere. I can't pinpoint the day. I don't know when it happened, but I found myself in the passenger seat of this show. And that's how I used to live my life. I was in the passenger of my my whole life. I was never the driver. Other people were driving my life. And I don't know when it happened, but at some point I became the passenger seat of this show when money gets involved, ads get involved, um, other cooler people than me get involved. And all of a sudden I'm, you know, like I'm not driving the ship. I'm not driving the ship. And that's okay. It's not a problem. It's just we're doing this thing um, in real time. Like, And I talk about this in this week's episode, which is people never let you see behind the curtain, the curtain of Oz. They want you to think it's this big, cool thing. It's like, look how good it's working. It's this. And they they show the pretty, shiny, polished version of whatever your business or life or marriage or friendship is. Those are the things we outwardly show to people. And that's great. I just happen to know none of that is real. Dude, welcome to the past. Welcome to my 20s. (laughs) None of that part's real. Why do you think I'm not on Instagram? It's because it's like, oh, things aren't. Like, I don't have anything to show that I'm like, oh, I'm really proud of this. So I just don't post stuff because it's just like I haven't done anything where I feel like 
I back whatever this is. Because Instagram, you can use it as a great tool. Mm-hmm. It, it's a powerful tool. Or, One of the most powerful podcast, tools I own. It, all of this is just a tool if you want it to be. And it's just like if if you're not using the tool for the thing that got you interested and inspired in the first place to use said tool, like what's the point in even doing it? Mm-hmm. And so I get what you're saying. So this is where I'm at with the show is that I, I it's not people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, is she saying it's over? No, no, no it's not over. This is season one. Yep. 52 weeks straight. Very proud of what we've created. Very proud of the conversations we've had and, and the, the, I really dare I say enlightenment. I get DMs, man. You're good. I'm, this is from the listeners. I get ears. DMs. Yeah, we're getting DMs. We know that this is an impactful thing and that beyond what we're even trying to do, I kind of am afraid to even tell people what we're trying to do because it doesn't matter. People are taking it and it's changing their lives and it may be a different take than even our intent. So like, let them run with that. I don't care how yeah. they take it. It's, it's awesome. impactful. So season one, <laughs> this is season we one. We did it for a full year. We did a full season. Uh-huh. All four seasons. <laughs> all we four did seasons. all four seasons. <laughs> and I think that I'm going to take a short hiatus to take all the lessons that I've learned in this year and skills that I've picked up on and now just knowledge. Now I have now I have some footing in this in this space. Um I think we got a good look of how this whole thing gets ran like a podcast i think we did i think we did a good job should we let people behind the curtain of what it's like to run a podcast it's not it sounds fun. so glorious doesn't it doesn't it sound like oh what a cool job you just get on every tuesday mic. i'm like oh, god damn it <laughs> <laughs> like i have to get something put together Ugh. Like it's boring as shit. It's I'm scared annoying to tell too. people what it's. It's. I don't. I'm. I'm fearful to be like that woman who's like younger. People are having babies, and like my knee jerk reaction is like, oh, go. I don't want to be like that naysayer. <laughs> yeah. But no. I, when people tell me that they're starting a podcast, I'm like, oh shit, man, buckle up. It's not just a pretty little hour conversation. It is hours of behind the scenes mm. mumbo jumbo that mm. is just I never knew possible. But. Mm. Now I know that. Now I can kind of tackle it in a more strategic way. Bronson and I, our lives, and Rory can attest to this. We both started something this year that grew faster than we ever anticipated. And it's it, it's it, it needs, I'd be irresponsible if we didn't take a step back and support the structure that we just built. It just yeah. shot up for his life and my life, well, and our family's life. The bootstrap thing, I guess, rings more true than I thought. Like, you really did, you and he, him, just bootstrapped it together. The whole thing has just been like, we're on the rocket ship, let's hold on. We made 2020 our bitch. You did. Pretty proud of it. Yeah. But now it's like, we got to love and support these babies we just built, so we got to give them some love, some attention, and I can't do both well. I know my limits. I can't be producing the show and supporting the show at the same time. I need to take a step back, support the structure that I just built, get it right and tight, fill up any holes, um, hone in on my craft, hone in on my vision. I think I'd really, really, really appreciate it if the listeners could write in to me and, and honestly tell me what you want. 
where this could go. Where where do you see a hole? That where's where's our blind spot that maybe Rory and I don't see? Like, what do you guys want from this in season two? Uh, a new song. I hate that stupid. Song. I like it, but you know what? I'll let you be take creative control. <laughs> So what do you guys want from the show in season two? And I, I don't have the exact date yet, but it's coming. I'm working on a lot of stuff to give you guys real utilizable content be- beyond the audio. Like I'm like, that's a part of season two, too, is that I'm getting so many DMs. I know that I need to to give you guys more valuable information like that's that's physical, like a like a course or a book or a journal or there's lots of things swirling around in my mind and I won't talk about it any more than that. Whoa. It's exciting. It is exciting. It's exciting. Um, you haven't told me about any of these ideas too. So you know about it. Should I whisper it to you? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have two big things in the, in the works that I'm like, yeah, you guys are going to love it. So this is not a goodbye. This is a see you soon. And please, please, please be vocal with me. Write into me because I'm going to step away from the the show for a minute. I'm. It means I'm going to be stepping more into Instagram. I've completely stepped away from Instagram, but I will be way more ac- active on Instagram for the next few weeks while there's not shows every Wednesday. And, and I just want to say how much I love and appreciate you guys. None of this would be happening without you. None of it. Yeah. It's changed Rory's life in like what? Six weeks? You get you got a taste of it, didn't you? Well, yeah, I did. I'm on Instagram now. Yeah. Like you're like our like they're your friends. The listeners. Yes, there's people that I talk to now. <laughs> and we call them by their Instagram names. We're like, have you been talking to yeah. We talked to most of the same people. <laughs> <laughs> there are people that now don't like me that like Rory. <laughs> like, rude. Yeah, I gotta get. I guess I gotta post more. I don't know. So we'll both be stepping more into Instagram while we are away. And like I said, tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't. We're open to hear it. And then this is season one ender. Little solo by me. I had Corona. Oh yeah, we um had coronavirus during the holidays. That's why I didn't. I didn't. My family did. I pe- didn't. People had been asking me like, "Missed you on the podcast again?" Yep, and it was pretty bad. Got corona. Like that's no. It's no joke, is it? No, it wasn't a joke. I just yesterday, yesterday, I got my taste back. My smell's still not back, but I could taste again, and I was, I almost cried. What was the first food you tasted? <laughs> it was Tammy's oh, uh, beans. beans and <laughs> beans and ham. Yeah, it's good. It was awesome. All right, you guys. Enjoy the show. Be coming back for season two soon. Love you. Appreciate you. Love you. Appreciate you. Thanks for supporting us and all that we do. And just know that while we're stepping away, I'm going to work. Man, mm. putting my head down. Rory too. Getting this thing right and tight. Love you all. Thanks. Bye. All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of Wake Up with Wesley. I'm Wesley. It's just me today. Solo episode. 
Uh, season one ender. It's the end cap. I know I'm kind of hitting you guys over the head with this because I wasn't for sure if this was going to be the end cap, but it is the end cap. It's perfect because we've made it. We have made it, you guys. This week, we have left the year 2020 behind us in, in my opinion, in like a eat my shorts, double bird, full on, like just sprint. And I'm not sorry about that type of departure out of the year 2020. But it it's, this week also signifies the exact one year mark that I've been doing this, this gig. So last year on a Wednesday, January 1st, 2020, I nervously aired my very first episode of the Wake Up with Wesley podcast. And and little did I know what this job would entail. Like I remember I was like bright eyed, bushy tailed and and excited and optimistic. And, and I also knew it would be work. I wasn't naive to that. And I'm fine with work. But looking back, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And on that first trailer episode, I, I, in my opinion, bravely share my personal wake up story. Um, it was a coming out of sorts. And in the, at the end of that first episode, I remember I listened back to it recently. I happily claimed that 2020 would be the year. It is it, you guys. I feel it. It's big. I can't wait to see what 2020 brings. And <laughs> oh, how right I was like. If only I knew, but I, I didn't know. And none of us really knew what 2020 had in store for us. And, and really, we, we still don't know how long this is actually going to go on for or what our futures hold still. And, and I don't think I was exactly wrong, though, about 2020 being the year. I still actually think it was the year. I think it was the year that shook us all to our cores and it got each one of us independently on our knees and begging for a bit of relief at one point or another. And and so am I happy to see it go? Yeah. Am I grateful for parts of what it revealed to me? Truthfully, sometimes yes and sometimes no. And And I'll be honest with you because the natural homebody hermit introvert version of me absolutely loved parts of it for a while too. Like I got my babies all to myself and I, I like our homeschool kind of wasn't even school. It turned into life school and I'm way more into that. And it was lovely. And, and then summer came and that was nice too. And, and this podcast the whole while long was like flourishing. And, and this is something I'm so grateful for. And I'm just thankful to you guys who listened and you shared this show and you somehow got something out of it. For, me, for your personal lives or whatever. And it's it's just been, it's been a dream come true of, for me as the host and the facilitator. And if I've learned anything this last year, it's that I really respect and I, I love you guys and I love that you give me your time. I, I know this show and the, the guests that are on and all the wild topics we've covered have been teaching you or entertaining you during your midday nap time or maybe like a cleanup house sesh or your your morning walks or maybe they're just distracting you while you fold laundry or, or go on a long drive and and for some of the shows though they're they've changed people's lives and a few of my personal favorites have been Kelsey Wells the empowerment episode and simply Sadie her faith episode and I loved Kelly Packer's spiritual awakening show and, and Ash Adams episode and and I'm partial to any episode with Bronson and Rory because because <laughs> they are basically my heart walking out and about outside of my body. And you guys, you all love my solos. 
uh, the, which is funny because those are the ones I dread the most. But, but I repeatedly hear about most of them are like the thriving in motherhood podcast. That one was a big hit. Um, what does woke even mean to me? Episode the ayahuasca, the two part series. That one was a banger. And of course, like the big one is the faith expansion solo I did. And, and that thing reached more ears than I thought humanly possible in a, in a lifetime, in a f- week flat. And even months now have gone by and there is not a morning that I wake up without a page long heartfelt Instagram note about about it. And for that alone, maybe this is all worth it. And this job for me, it's like it's it's creation in motion and it's more beautiful than anything I could have dreamed up for myself outside of my family. And it's it's also exhausting and tiring and burden it's 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 a burden. It's like raising a family and somehow I still love it. And it it would be nothing without you all. And I know this to be true. So I want you to really hear me when I say thank you. Thank you for accepting me at my unpolished some of the time, most of the time, all the time, awkward self. And thank you for seeing my try, my efforting and not turning your backs on me when I showed up imperfectly and messy and when I made huge mistakes along the way. And I want to say thank you for seeing my greenness because good Lord, (laughs) I know we all see it. I feel it. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And you guys listen and you share this stuff anyways. So I appreciate it. And and my mom, she calls me every Wednesday to tell me she listened and she thinks I'm great and the most special, important, amazing person in the world. So she's my number one fan and I love her. And thank you, mom. And Bronson, who Coach Carter pep talks me basically each Tuesday night before Wednesday to be brave and release the damn show, regardless of whatever people may think of it. And I'm learning that he sees me more clearly than I see myself. So I'm I'm going to trust his vision. So 2020, I have to say, has been one of the best years of mine and my family's personal lives. It's been it's been a year of tremendous growth and success by the world standard. But more than that, it feels personally successful because I define success by a feeling and success to me feels it feels content and exciting all at once. It's like a mixture of safety an adventure in one big deep breath. If it's a thing, that's success. And and it feels, it's a feeling of of like self-belief and, and independence and self-acceptance and bravery and a feeling of bringing value to someone or something outside of yourself. So I've, I've tasted that in 2020 and I'm, and now I'm claiming it. 2020 has been one of the most successful years of my, of my life. And, and I kind of feel nervous to admit that. And because it wasn't until November, really, of this past year that, that 2020 started knocking me around. And I could see so clearly all the way along that 2020 was shaking people up, waking people up. It was messing with people's routine. It was messing with their social life, their finances, obviously endangering people's health and safety. But the whole while long, my my higher self saw it as a good thing. Like, yes, this is good Take people's comfort away. Take people's distraction away. This is where awareness begins. And awareness is always step one because you can't change or even look at anything that you're simply unaware of. So I saw 2020 as a collective awareness event. Like I knew it. I knew that this would wake people up. I knew it would shake it up. And and it did. 
but not me, right? Like, no, not me because I've done the work. Like, I've already done this. I've lived in these trenches a dozen times before and I'm used to feeling like the other shoe is about to drop at all times and I'm, I'm quite comfortable feeling isolated. Quarantine for me is just like my normal day-to-day life. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I don't know, dare I say I was flying by? But it feels blasphemous to say that out loud. Like it feels like a diss. Like it's offensive to say out loud that 2020 was actually a great year. But I will tell you that it is the truth because – my life, my husband, our kids, all of our different businesses, they're thriving. And I saw the world at large crumbling all around us all at the same time. And it was a role reversal. I didn't know how to take it. And and I still don't. But November creeped around and, and this pit in my stomach grew. It wouldn't go away. And I didn't know what it was. It was, I didn't know. It was, I was feeling out of alignment suddenly and I remember admitting to Bronson that I felt it. And I was just like, I don't know why. I don't know. Something's off. But I, I didn't know what. I couldn't name it. Um, I felt like superstitious about it. Everyone was like, there's a lot of fear floating around. But then it, it happened. It just, I realized what it was. It was 2020 and it was slapping us around as if we were a little flipping dinghy floating around in a tsunami. And, and we didn't have life jackets. We didn't have oars. No health in sight. And November, I, I realized this unease I was feeling was yet again more change approaching. But this time in my business, a shift. Pardon the interruption, guys. We get to talk about Truebill. So managing your money is hard. Most of us never take a course on how to properly manage our finances. And even still, it's it's easy to fall behind and get overwhelmed by everything money related. But that's why I am so excited to share an app with you that I've been using lately that makes managing money a breeze. It is called Truebill. Truebill is an all-in-one finance app that helps you keep more of your money by wasting less. So Truebill works by automatically categorizing your spending. Like it identifies reoccurring charges or even overpriced bills. And it helps you lower or cancel unwanted services right from the app. Like you don't have to call. They do this for you. So... So I downloaded the app and it synced to all of my accounts. I put my credit cards in, my debit cards, everything. Um, and then Truebill reminded me that I was paying for a freaking Hulu subscription that I had completely forgotten about. So it was $11.99 a month. And it's not a lot, right? But it was $200 a year. That's what it added up to. And I was paying that for like two and a half years, you guys. So it was like a, a grand, $1,000 wasted. And it just reminded me, I clicked cancel and it did it for me. And it was just, the service is so, so worth it. So Truebill can do a bunch of other things to help you stay organized and reach your financial goals. They offer a robust budgeting tool and it kind of takes all the pain out of tracking expenses. So you can say goodbye to spreadsheets. For me, I write on post-it notes. They're everywhere. (laughs) I'm no longer doing that. But, um, oh, you can even access a full credit credit card report and you can get up to a hundred dollars cash in advance of your next paycheck when times are tough so more than anything though Truebill is my new personal finance assistant it does all the hard work to make sure I'm meeting my goals and most importantly staying in good financial health so 
You can download it at the Apple app or the Google Play stores or at truebill.com slash Wesley. So that's T-R-U-E-B-I-L-L dot com forward slash Wesley. And finances can be scary. Trust me, I know. I've been all over the board with them. But the truth is they don't have to be and Truebill can get you back on track within just a few minutes. So go to truebill.com slash Wesley or straight to the Apple app or the Google Play stores and start taking control of your money today. Now, let's get back to the show. And I was resisting it because I thought like I could hack the system. I could accept change and evolution in my personal self. I accepted change and evolution in my motherhood. I accepted change and evolution in uh, in my marriage, but not this, not in my business, not in this podcast. I'm only 10 months in. I'm just getting the hang of it. Like, no, but it's inevitable. Like if you want to grow, you have to be willing to evolve. You evolve or you die. And an evolution is fucking terrifying because it feels a lot like starting over and usually from scrap. But it's, it's not really from scrap, although it feels like that because you're going to take the things you learned in round one and move them into round two of wherever your ev- evolution goes. So, so this new year for me, along with you guys, my lovely listeners for the show, it's going to evolve. Um, I'm uncomfortable about it, but what's new? I just got the swing of things here, but as the show grew, so did the outpouring of guests and mostly the guest assistants who want to talk to my assistants or me or just somewhere in the shuffle and the speed of the growth. I recognize that I scooted on over to passenger seat and, and I stopped driving this particular ship and the sheer amount of years listening week after week somehow spooked me and I lost my purpose a bit here. Maybe you couldn't tell, but I could felt different. And I finally realized that, I mean, what it was, and it was that my business life began to mimic the rest of my life pre-wake up call. And, and I talked about this in my trailer episode, how I was in passenger seat of my childhood, teenage years, marriage, early motherhood. So, so I know this feeling all too well. And when I changed my life seven years ago, like I did, I vowed to never be in the passenger seat of any part of my life ever again. So when I realized it was happening again, yet again, but in my business this time around, I got pissed, um, cried a little bit, <laughs> and then I bossed up, and I knew the only way out was to take the lead, to hop into the driver's seat and 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 use my tools. I had to communicate well. I had to get busy um, putting all of my words and feel- feelings into action. And I needed to create Wake Up With Wesley podcast version 2.0 because I was outgrowing version 1.0. And honestly, I'm I'm probably on version 8.0 of my marriage and at least version 6.0 of my motherhood. And these, these versions are the numbers. The number of times I've had to throw my hands up in the air and declare that I'm done doing things the way that I've been doing them, that it's time for a change. And <laughs> I wonder if Maybe this is how Apple seriously does it. Like someone's in the back being like, I hate version 10.0. I hate the iPhone. It's time for an 11. Like maybe this is how all the great things happen in life. I don't know. It feels scary as hell, but maybe this is how you do it. And I'm doing it. So this means you can do this too. You have permission to change any single part of your life that doesn't feel right to you at any moment in time. You have permission to create version 2.0 or version 926.0 at any moment you want. You don't even need a reason. 
The reason can be you want to. And, and I want to cement this notion in with a study I read up on. So, so there's a study done on, on people's biggest life regrets. And they chose to interview people who were in hospice, who knew that they were going to die soon. And they were all asked what they regretted most about in their life and what the majority said, all in different forms. But the gist of it was they wish they had the courage to live a life that was more true to themselves and not live a life that others around them expected. That was the most common regret. People's dying regret when people realize that their life is almost over and they look back, they can see clearly how how many dreams that they had went they just went unfulfilled. And I mean, it's crazy to me. And then not at all, because I can see how it's it's so easy to slip into this. But back to November, when 2020 started whipping our asses. So <laughs> what's funny about November specifically is that that is exactly when outwardly it started to appear as if all of our stuff we've been working on, our businesses and our personal lives, like like all of a sudden they were booming. And I'm talking in the way of like how the world defines success and, and booming, like I mentioned earlier, because what we personally felt was anything but successful because we felt burnt out. We felt scared, confused. We felt tired, bone tired. But the worldly success started to become visible to the random onlooker who had to have been paying attention. You know, no, like nothing crazy happened, but like the people paying attention, you could see it because Bronson opened up the store December 1st. It was like right smack dab in the middle of the freaking pandemic. It's been crazy, but like it, it went off. People drove hours to come see it. It's been wildly successful by industry standards. And then this podcast too was getting top chart rank after top chart rank and was even trending on Spotify two different times, like right under good old freaking Joe Rogan. Talk about a mind fuck. Like let that happen. Like sounds cool. Wait till it happens and you are spinning. But we both started receiving outside praise and recognition from every which way. And, and a moment that sticks out for me like a sore thumb was I remember being at the store opening and someone came up to us and they and they're like, whoa, you guys are popping off. You blew up out of nowhere. All this just happened at the same time to both of you. This is crazy. And and in the moment, there's people every uh, all over. And I'm like, yeah, oh, my gosh. Yep. So crazy. It's amazing. Just happened. And as I'm saying the words, as the words are leaving my body, I am deeply offended by my own self because I was agreeing with this person and and it was a lie and I knew it was a lie but my mouth was just used to like agreeing with you I don't know have you ever done that it's just like that thing you do because I what I know to be true is that this popping off that he was talking about were actually started like 13 15 16 years ago like none of this is simply popping off and it didn't just happen. And it wasn't like a bolt of lightning came down and hit us. And it was just like, boom, okay, now it's happening for you. Like, although I get how it looks like that to the outside eye right now, and maybe only right now, because this podcast, this version of me started when I was 16, journaling every day of my life about stupid stuff, sophomore year of high school. Like, I don't remember keeping as detailed of a journal as I did until just recently when I found my old one and I did not skip a day. And I was like, oh my gosh, it started then because I was writing and I was writing and I was writing and 
then the internet came out and I and I turned that journaling into blogging, which turned into Instagram when that came out. And then I started listening to podcasts and I was like, oh, I got an Instagram. I could just do that. Like it started when I was 16. And for Bronson, it started more than 12 years ago. We lived in downtown LA. He was interning. We had 42 extra dollars a month after all of our bills were paid to feed ourselves. And we had a kid. I think I was pregnant too. And and he had he didn't have a choice but to get a part-time job on top of his internship at G-Star in Santa Monica working retail. And and today in just the last 2 months he knew how to do what he just did. He knew how to open up a shop. He knew how to merchandise and he knew how to manage the store that we just opened all because of the stupid part-time job he hated in Santa Monica 13 years ago. Like do you see what I'm trying to say because I feel pulled to let you all in on the other side of the curtain for whatever reason for this New Year's podcast. I know people have big plans for New Year's podcast, like, oh, New Year, new me. But like, I don't know why I feel pulled to go here because not everything is always as it appears. And I know we know this. I know that we all hear that Instagram is a highlight reel and it's 2021 now and it's changing. And in my opinion, it's changing for the better. But my friends... A lot of the time, you're still being sold a lie. Even in 2021, it's only a weekend. I already see the lies spewing out faster than ever. Like, And maybe some of you don't know you're being sold a lie. The lie you're being sold is that uh, you're being sold that only once you have this one specific thing, either being like an education or this job experience or this specific item or or this course or only when your Pinterest board is perfectly dialed in and you have the end in sight and mapped out and planned, well, that's when you're ready to start the thing that you most want to do in life. And that's a, it's a lie. You're being sold a lie because what you need to start to do, I mean, if you want to live the life of your dreams, then all you have to do is just start living it. That's the truth. You just start. You may not need the course or the or the job experience or the perfect Pinterest board. Like maybe in fact those things are just distractions keeping you from what you need to do most, which is just starting the damn thing you feel called to do. And I was on Instagram, I feel like just a few days ago, and I saw this quote by Stephen Bartlett that sums up perfectly what I'm trying to say. So he says, stop telling yourself you're not qualified or that you're not worthy, or you're not experienced enough. Growth happens when you start doing the things you're not qualified to do. And he is spot on. Growth happens when you start doing the things you're not qualified to do. I'm not qualified to do this job. I just started anyway. Like more than any other question I get asked lately is how to start a podcast or how to start an online shop or, or a store, you know? And my DMs are full of like young and hungry women wanting to know what what are my secrets? What do I know that that I'm not saying to you? Like, like what have we figured out that you can't read off YouTube or Google? And and here's the honest to God answer is nothing. <laughs> I I mean it. There is no secret. There is no trick. So my advice to those women DMing me verbatim, like like if we go for podcasting, I just respond. Here's how you start a podcast. You buy the damn microphone. You just buy it. Just get on Amazon. It doesn't have to be the best. Just read a review. Buy one. Like my first mics cost me 150 bucks. I bought three. And then I YouTubed how to start a podcast. Then I did what YouTube told me to do. I signed up for Buzzsprout, which is the podcasting platform I choose. It was just the easiest one for me. And then 
And then I called someone. I said, hey, can I interview you? I don't know how to interview. I still don't. I didn't then. I kind of still don't. Each show, I'm learning what I like and what I don't like. And I'm fine-tuning my craft. And I'm, I'm figuring it out as I go. But the point I want to drive in here is that this isn't about podcasting. This is about you. This is, this is about you knowing there is something more for you out there. And year after year, you knowing this, yet you're not doing it for one reason or another. It's just too risky. You're not ready. The money's not there. When the kids are older, when they're, you know, like, or when I can afford X, Y, and Z or blah, 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 blah. Like, I will tell you, there will never, not ever, be a perfect time to start the thing you know you need to start. You will never feel totally ready. You will never feel perfectly prepared. And that's okay. What I want to eliminate this new year is like the polished business model. Like we, as a collective, mostly show things when it's working well. And I know that that leads us to feel like we're failing or not doing well when things are chaotic and messy behind the scenes. But, but okay, I have a story about this in particular. So one of our nearest and dearest friends is an analytical genius. I worked for the best of the best of the best. He's worked for huge companies in San Francisco. And one day he was acquired. He got hired on by, I'm not going to say the brand, but one of the world's biggest brands, global, the biggest, biggest, you know them. I remember us talking about it. We were so hyped for him. He was so hyped. We were all so excited to hear back. Like when he would start his job, we were planning on going out there and we would hear back. Um, we wanted to know, like, what were the differences? Like, what were the secrets? What are they doing? This huge global company that no one else is doing. So we meet up again, and it had been a few months, and our friend was like, you guys. Like, he was kind of, like, bombed for us. He was like, ah, you guys, it's just, it's kind of just a shit show like all the rest. And I was like, what? One of the biggest global brands uh, ever is a shit show just like all the rest. And I don't know why, but hearing that was like the world, like the biggest relief of my life because it means we're not all doing it wrong. We're actually doing it right. It's all hard and it's all messy and there are still problems and, and shit show moments, even for the guys at the tippy top on a global scale. Still, same problems, just wrapped up in different packages. And I've also been super into TikTok lately. Like it's like as soon as it got cold and dark outside, TikTok turned to my like it's my personal comfy cozy fireplace in my mind. I will get lost on that thing for hours. Like it's the first form of social media I've ever been truly addicted to and I have to give it up. It is not healthy. Like it's prob like this is probably last week. Like I just outed myself publicly. I got to get over it. So I'll delete it. But anyway, I follow this older guy on it. He's like a farmer. He's so funny. He's he's like 75 still farming. But he had this one like little shtick. And it was he, he says that life at all levels is just dealing with the bullshit. Like once you think you're to the next level and the bullshit will magically disappear. Well, guess what? a new form of bullshit pops up and you got to learn how to deal with that new bullshit. So your life, whatever title you may hold, whether that be a mother, a doctor, a factory worker, a homeless man begging on the streets, we're all actually doing the same same job. We are all bullshit fix fixers because shit pops up. We deal with it. Then more different types of shit pop up and we learn how to deal with those. And we do this until the day we die. So my advice to you is to start loving dealing with the bullshit. 
Think of it like whack-a-mole. And when a new bullshit mole pops up, don't be surprised because this is your job. You were born. You were born to deal with bullshit and you're so good at it. So slap a smile on your face and continue whacking those bullshit moles back into the ground. And I was like, yes, he gets it. He's He is us. We're him. It's all, he's right. Like, Life for us was hard when we were living in poverty. And guess what? It's just a different type of hard now that we're outwardly popping off. Like I'm saying that with quotes. But but I ha- also, I had to mourn a little bit when I realized this. Because in my mind, I had built up this fairy tale life. And I want you to think of your life because maybe you've done this too. But I would daydream of the day that I would be able to fill up my gas tank all the way when I'd get gas. Instead of like just putting like a quarter tank or a half tank at a time. I did that till I was like 30, you guys. But I would dream of also like when my kids would get out of their nap schedule or I would daydream about the days that um, they would all be able to like get their own cup and their own drink. And I would daydream about the day when I could go to the grocery store and like not have a budget, just throw what I want to eat in the thing and not not even think about it. And as these things that I would daydream about, they started to come true. Like they, it was my reality. I was appreciative and I was grateful. And I definitely was aware and I acknowledged the, the change in the shift, but it didn't feel like I thought it would in my in my dreams. In my they were fantasies at that point because because just as a level of hard was leaving, a new level of hard was coming. So so the hard, it doesn't leave. It transforms no matter where you're at in life. And if 2020 taught me anything, it was that the only reason we were outwardly, worldly succeeding in life right now in this year is because uh, me, well, Bronson and I too, we're really good at responding to hard things. We're good at dealing with the bullshit. We respond well. And this is the magical secret that I think all those ebooks and courses and self-help books are saying, but in a million different words, like the secret to life, relationships, business, motherhood, and a year like 2020 all lies within your response. Excuse the interruption, but we get to talk about fresh sends. So what is fresh sends? Fresh sends is setting out to freshen up the cookie cutter floral industry. And let me tell you, you guys, they are changing the game. I mean it. So I found out about fresh sends when I surprisingly opened the door one morning randomly like four weeks ago and I received this beautiful box and I was like, what? What is this? I had no idea what, what it was going to be, but it said fresh sends. I took it to my room. I opened it up. Honest to God the most beautiful flower bouquet in the most beautiful box I've ever seen was staring back at me. It was shockingly gorgeous and I cried. (laughs) First off, because I don't think I ever get flowers. Like, ever. A listener sent them to me and it was from Reba. I'm going to shout you out. She sent me flowers and it was just amazing. But secondly... It's not like old run-of-the-mill flowers that get delivered to you. Like, these weren't in a vase. They were wrapped in this beautiful, like, newspaper, which you guys don't throw away the newspaper. It is on the newspaper. There's beautiful heartfelt messages and, like, a crossword puzzle designed specifically to, like, your flower bouquet. And it's just the newspaper part is, like, a part of the whole experience along with the card because their cards are amazing. But... Fresh Sense is just, it's modern. It's my style. It's stuff I actually would say to friends that I love. Like, so Fresh Sense, you guys, they offer curated bouquets of fresh seasonal blooms that are designed to look like they were just picked up at your local flower market. 
They deliver throughout the continental United States. No city is too big. No town is too small. They make sure to get your fresh sends to wherever you want to send them in the lower 48 states. They offer next day shipping and you get to add your own personal message to any bouquet and and it, it's handwritten. It feels so personal. And on top of that, like the custom cards, they're they're so cute. They're current. They're well-designed. They have options for birthdays that say like, happy birthday, girl, or I'm so glad you were born, or ones, oh, the mom ones. They have one that says, I got it from my mama, or they have one that says, hey, you're a badass mom. They have one that I love for friendship. It says, go best friend, that's my best friend, or for anniversaries, they have, let's make out. And that's what I want to say to my husband. Like, I kind of don't like the cheesy stuff. It doesn't feel like me, but Fresh Sense is none of that, none of that. So, if you'd like to send someone some encouragement, or maybe because of our crazy world right now, you can't make it home due to COVID-19, maybe you can't go to your best friend's wedding, this is a thoughtful and fresh take on showing someone that you love or care about that you're thinking of them. So, you can go to freshsends.com and enter code WESLEY at checkout for 15% off your first arrangement. So just send it, you guys. Send someone you love flowers and make their day. Again, if you're interested, go to freshsends.com dot com to get 15% off your first send and that's f-r-e-s-h-s-e-n-d-s dot com now let's get back to the show and I'll let you in on a tidbit of an aha moment I had this year um I was in a woman's group where we met via zoom once a week and and shit got real like we were all strangers to begin with but by the, I mean, not even the end, by like week three, I knew these women more than I know most players in my life because there was just no bullshit in this group. And Troy, who is the leader and the organizer, and you should actually look him up. He does a men's group too. And I've done a podcast with him, so you can find him on my show. His name is Troy Eckert and his website is Radical Voyage. So so we had a woman's group. It was called Man in the Room because he was the only dude. But anyway, okay, one of the week's tasks in this group was to complete a good old-fashioned vision board and um, present it to the group. And I remember Troy saying to us, like, you guys don't knock the power of writing this. I know we've heard it a million times, but, like, write out your biggest, bodacious, the biggest life goals, and then – but but believe it. Like, like, don't just do the thing and wish it, but, like – really believe it. And then when we share it together as a collective, it's powerful. So we did the vision board. Mine was the shittiest of the group. No lie. I waited till the very last minute and I threw some sticky notes on a black cardboard thing and everyone else came with like collages. Someone had a beautiful digital version of their board. I felt totally ashamed of mine, to be honest. But on that board, I said I wanted to make X amount of dollars a month. And and it was a long-term goal type type of deal, like five, 10-year goal. And Troy, the group leader, told us obviously to be big, like even if it felt impossible, write the impossible number. So the number I chose to write down as my long-term goal felt kind of ridiculous, but I was like, I don't know, maybe. I've, I'm seeing Bronx do crazy things, like maybe I could too. And I don't know, just like because throughout my life, I've been everything from a flippin' bikini waxer to a dancing waitress at Texas Roadhouse to a, a, a skin school instructor, a diner waitress. Like, I've, I have never made more than $2,000 in a month in my entire life. Um, so I felt like the long-term goal, like the monthly goal, and sorry to burst anyone's podcasting, but people, like, if you're 
thinking about getting into podcasting for the money. Oh, don't do it. Like any money I make from this, from ads, goes right back into producing the show. Just FYI, really, it's a wash. So a part of the vision board exercise was to take one small step in that direction of the dreams. Like this part was, he really was driving in. Like, yes, you can wish it. Yes, you can speak it. But if you do not put any action behind that, it, it's stupid. Don't do it. Like everyone messes it up with that one part. Like they forget to add just even a small action in a step of that, the, the direction of your dreams a day. So, so since I knew the show is a wash month after month, I thought like, okay, that's not getting me anywhere near my goal. So I thought I could try to sell like a crew neck. Bronson's been telling me like, why don't you just try? And, and it was like, I mean, it's like what I wear anyway. People ask me all the time where I get mine on Instagram and I tell them the truth. I just steal them from samples and from, I wear a lot of Bronson's clothes. So I figured I could put my mantra that I picked for the year, which is do no harm, take no shit on the back and just see how it goes. And so I told Bronson, he was like, finally, shit, man, finally, I've been telling you this for years, but I like to do things when I feel like it's my idea. (laughs) That is the truth. He's going to love that I just said that. So we went to order and I told Bronson, I think the most we could sell was 40. He laughed at me in my face and I was being stone cold serious like dead serious and I was like I don't want to order any more than 40 like that is the cap um I don't utilize Instagram well I don't post regularly I don't do all the stuff the world tells you you have to do to operate a successful Instagram so I really meant that I was stubborn I we're not ordering more than 40 but the day came and Bronson was like we're not just going to order 40 this is going to create a problem and we couldn't agree on a number so we're like let's just compromise and do a pre-sell and we'll see who's closer like he had his number i had 40 and we just did a pre-sell instead to see who was closer so within minutes of putting up the crew neck on on instagram for a pre-sell um i surpassed the number that i put on that vision board like in i think three minutes and this was five ten year goal And it was, I'm not kidding you, three minutes. It was surpassed. And then we kept that thing up for 24 hours. I have never been more blown away by anything in my life. And there is is a reason I'm telling you this. And it's because in that moment of total and utter shock and disbelief and elation, I also felt the deepest regret I have ever known. And it was because I suddenly was very aware that I had, I was capable of this all along. Like eight years ago when I had a blog and I had an Instagram and I was, and I was active on both, but I never did a damn thing with either one of them. And it was because I felt like I didn't know what I was doing or I didn't know how to do it or that's for other people. That's not for me. And, but I, I to dig even deeper, like I, I really didn't think I was capable. I was scared. I wasn't brave, but I felt like here's the real, the core I felt like my friends wouldn't like it if I did that, (laughs) you guys, which is crazy to say out loud. I sold my plasma. I was a waitress working night shifts, working away from my kids, struggling instead, like all because I didn't want my friends to lump me into a blogger girl type of category and judge everything I said or did behind my back. That was the truth. That is the truth. That's why I didn't do it back then. I could have. But What I'm doing now, I could have been doing back then. And I saw it in that moment so clearly, but I was just scared of what people would think of me. It it, And it could have changed our lives. It could have bettered our lives when we needed it the very, very, very most. So yeah, it was a bittersweet moment for me. And I share it because I 
know. I really, really, really know. Without a shadow of a doubt, there is a listener right now hearing me who is doubting themselves, scared to step out publicly and try something new because what if your friends talk about you? And, and what if it fails? Because it might. And yeah, your friends might talk about you. But I really, most of the stuff I or brought, we have ever done in our, in our life, it has failed. People water, no longer a thing. My blog, no longer a thing. The design studio, Bronson Open Up in California, no longer a thing. By industry standards, it's all failed. But the experience we got out of each specific thing we've done is enough for us personally to claim them as a success. And I'll tell you the single one thing that I believe has made me confident in podcasting, and it was being a diner waitress. My entire senior year of high school, I opted for work credit instead of school credit. So each morning I went into Jim's Family Restaurant, bright and early in the morning. It's old, it's gross, it's not nice, it's not cool. But after a few months of working each and every morning shift, I started getting regulars. They would request me. And in those quiet early mornings, I serve food to mostly lonely people. And I would get like big parties. Weekends were always crazy, but like family families would come in here and there. But my regulars were always alone and, and all older. And I learned in that job to to read them and their body language. And after a while, I could tell just by their posture if they wanted, if if they came in that day to talk or to be left alone, if if their visit was really about the food or if it was more about the company. And the the lessons I learned in that diner job are some of the most valuable of my life to date. I, because I learned how to talk to people. I learned how to read people. I I learned boundaries and I learned to trust my intuition. And I learned that sometimes no words come close to the power of like a gentle hand squeeze. You don't need words sometimes or like even a tap on the shoulder, a little squeeze. And I learned that like sometimes all it takes is a smile to change someone's day. And I'm, I'm really not kidding you. Like I'm like for real, I've seen it happen. And I, I've learned that the energy that I give off has the power to improve or ruin someone's morning. And I learned about the energy of others as well, like energy and vibes tell you more than words. And that's what I know for sure. Like I learned from my regulars to say the things you want to say the minute you feel you should say it. And and their only true regrets were missed opportunities for connection or, or kindness. And their failures weren't failures. They were lessons. And they would tell me this. They were giving me advice. They could see me and they they could see that I was struggling with money and they would be like, money's cyclical. Wesley, it comes and it goes. Don't worry. And I and I learned from them that the pain, especially in families, is the worst type of pain and to do everything in your power while you can to eradicate that pain. The diner job is why I'm a podcaster. It, 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 like I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. And if you would have asked me back then, I would have danced around the subject of what I did for work. Like I was ashamed because... Because the restaurant was gross and it wasn't cool. And Brown's back in the day working retail with a toddler and a baby on the way. He was ashamed. But these are the things that shaped us. They prepared us. And these are the things that allowed us to pop off right now. But the world's version of popping off was actually, in our reality, a really slow and steady simmer. Only we knew. So only you're going to know. And 
You got to get good at dealing with a whole lot of bullshit all the while through. But remember, it's your job. You just got to deal with the bullshit. So get really good at responding to the bullshit. And if you know there's something more for you in this life, then it's your job to do it. It's no one else's. You don't need the green light or even the support or permission from anyone else to do the thing your soul is calling you to do. You give yourself that permission. You give yourself the green light. And if your friends have something to say about it, I I don't know. Well, like laugh all the way to the bank then and call them what they are, frenemies. And then, and then once you recognize that, find yourself some soul friends who understand that what's good for you is what's good for them and vice versa. There's no competing. There's no room for this in 2021. It's about being happy for yourself and happy for others. And it's about believing maybe for the first time in your life that there's actually, there really is enough to go around. And yes, I actually want to hear your specific take on things. It doesn't matter that everything in this life has been said before because maybe, just maybe, I need to hear your take on it. Maybe the world needs your take on this in your voice, in your art, in your expression, in your photos, in your dance. It matters. You matter. What you want the most in this life, that's your map. Your your desires are your map. That's where you should go. It's like, and here's the other thing, it's driving. It's driving in the dark. You have you have headlights on in the dark and and you are only allowed to see what's directly 20 20 feet in front of you. And once you drive a bit more, then the next 20 feet are illuminated. So you just have your only job is to get in the car, turn on the lights, start driving. Trust that the path will be lit up for you as you go. You don't wait till you have it all perfectly planned out and prepared. Because for me, that day would have never come. And we as a family, have we've never felt perfectly ready or prepared for anything we've ever done. So you just start the damn thing. And when the bullshit pops up, you, you try to respond well. And remember that that this is what it looks like for a lot of people behind the, their curtains. Just like in The Wizard of Oz. Like the great and the powerful Oz was just a little guy behind the curtain pulling strings and pushing pedals to the best of his ability to give off the illusion of something more than human, something superhuman. But we're all just human. So even in a year like we've all just had. And I'm sure 2021 is going to be just as rocky. I'm actually sad to say that, but my gut is telling me to buckle up for round two on a ride of this next like crazy train where we feel we have no control. But remember, you do have control. Your control is in your response to all the madness. So try to respond well and start the thing you keep putting off. Don't quit your day job, but also just start the damn thing. You can do it. And before... Before I go, I don't know. This may be weird. Maybe it's just for me to kind of commemorate the year. But I I wanted to share with you the songs that got me through this specific last year. It's been a big year for me. And and I picked three. So I picked Rabbi by Bon Iver, Heavenly Father by Griffin, and Blue Sky Mine by Trevor Hall. And, And I don't know why these are the songs that made this year what it is for me personally. But when I hear them, it's like I breathe them in. They're a part of me now. They're they're a part of this past year, a year of more uncertainty than I've ever known, mixed in with more faith and bravery than I've ever known. And I'm sure that's for the most of us too. And and maybe you'll feel the same. But uh, um, also, you guys, this is I just it's season one. Like we, I did it. We did it. Rory, you did it. Fifty two weeks, and I just want to. Assure you not to worry. The show will be back shortly. 
I don't know, few months in its second season. And what you what you can expect in season two is even more intentionality. Hopefully, more solos. You guys are requesting them. Um, I'm working on a really fun new thing, and I'm really putting my head down in this break. This break, just so you know, isn't a break for me. I'm just getting busy doing, getting organized, but. I'm really working on even more amazing podcast guests from you and and content. And I'm really honing in on bringing what's truly valuable for you guys the most. So I can't wait to come back with a vengeance and, and be sure to follow me on Instagram at Wake Up With Wesley because I am pulling my next season's guests and solo ideas from Instagram. And I'm actually planning on utilizing that powerhouse of a tool much more intentionally. And again, I just, I love you. I want to thank you again for listening. Thank you for sharing my show. Thank you for writing into me. Thank you for getting me and all of my meanness. And ah, here's to season two. And again, enjoy in order the songs that made my 2020. Rabbi by Bon Iver, Heavenly Father by Griffin, and Blue Sky Mind by Trevor Hall. See you guys in a few months for season two. Bye. But isn't this a beat? And if I know one thing at all, is I cannot just be a peach. Oh, you come in, I'll walk now. So please enjoy the feast. We are weightless like a weightless beast.
Bye. 